bring this thing all the way down. Hoop. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, I got to get a. Whoa, bam. Nice. That was cool, man. It's like I'm what? looking at like two things now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to so go fucking we... cross-eyed, I swear. So I put my Which phone one? in front of my computer screen, so I'm always yes. looking straight on. <laughs> are we looking I... at the phone or are we looking at the, at the computer? Whatever. Why not both? I look at a little bit of both, dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, welcome to the live stream, everybody. The Train Like a Ranger live stream, where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and military prep. Uh, today we have on a very special guest, uh, Cameron Fath. Uh, Cameron, you you do a bunch of things. You run a podcast. You're part of some big channels. Uh, one of them is Gameology, where you you're a commentator, um, and you got um, uh, the Shipfire podcast about military culture. And you also have your own uh, tactical fashion company, Kit Got Apparel. So Yeah, man. Well, first of all, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. been following you guys for some time, and I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing. I'm pushing dudes to regiment, so kudos to you. So, of course, when you asked me to be here, I was like, fuck yeah, man, let's do it. Uh, but, yeah, you're absolutely – I wear many hats now, um, but uh, I think it's kind of hard to – pick a favorite because they're all like my love children um, but yeah i'm super stoked to be here man I'm, I'm ready to start talking let's do it yeah when we actually we were talking about a bunch of things before we got on and i was like we got to talk about these things again because it was it was a really good conversation it was um, we should have pressed play we, i know we, we fucked the pooch man <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we're super excited to have you on as well so cameron is a is a former uh infantryman team uh team leader um, so he's an army ranger veteran. Um, so we got a lot to talk about there, but, uh, you know, we were talking about kind of how you got started on the internet, which I've, yeah. I found super interesting. So, um, I was also talking about how, uh, how we collaborate on, on Instagram. We followed each other and I had seen your videos before. And one day I made the connection. I was like, Oh man, that's a guy I've seen in, in those big yeah. channels and stuff. So, uh, reached out and, uh, and, <clears throat> got you on so yeah here we are and you man it, it's it's hilarious because that's not the first time that i've gotten that before um just because i totally um look different in every single video like one day i'll have a mustache and the other day i wear a hat and maybe i'll have a full beard or you know <laughs> so i'm like a fucking chameleon in my videos so uh yeah it's not the first time i've heard that um but yeah dude um I've been following you for some time and then hold on. Is there an echo going on guys? Or I saw getting... you're not on my end. Maybe I'm, I'm not getting it on my end. Yeah. I don't think I'm, think okay. I'm good. Sorry. Someone said there was an echo. I want to make sure we're good to go, but uh, ask me again, what you just asked me. Cause you're going to find out very quick that I have a terrible memory. This is going to be it's, good. Cause da be Danny good, is the same way. So <laughs> you fit right in, dude. <laughs> um, well, losing the uh, quick. what were we <clears> talking about? Jay? Um, well, we were talking about how he got started on the internet after that's right. uh, the military. Yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah. okay. Okay. I got you. I'll start at the very beginning. So it was, I never had any intentions of totally join, like going into the internet space. I actually thought it was kind of silly and dumb. Um, when I first got out of Ranger Regiment and, uh, I did what any good infantry guy would do in that environment i uh joined a security company and went to community college um so i was doing that for some time right and uh you know i was just doing executive protection and becoming a glorified dog sitter and it was super boring and it wasn't fulfilling or anything uh, but it was good money and it was a stable job right the, the job security was great and uh you know i got to do cool things i still got to carry a gun everything that i was used to in the military um so i enjoyed it and i tolerated it while i went to school because i, I would work nights and be able to go to school during the day and like work out and do everything and just rinse and repeat and like feel secure. Right. Um, but I got an, I got a text message from my original fire team leader and he sent me like a casting call, uh, looking for like all, uh, veterans to apply for a Hollywood movie. So I was like, huh, this sounds kind of cool, dude. I was like, let's, you know, I, you know, I'm the type of guy that like, I'll try anything once. You know, so I, I I said, fuck it. I applied and it turned out to be uh, Tenant, the Christopher Nolan film that came out 
yep. uh, with Robert Pattinson. So like in the final scene, uh, I did, uh, I did like that fucking giant battle against the Russians at the last, where they have like the Chinooks coming in, the guys running in reverse. So I was like on the blue team and we spent three weeks in Palm Springs and it was like, it was so much fun, man. Like it was such a good time. The money was great. They put us up in hotels uh, and I, and I got to meet some like super awesome individuals um, that were also veterans. So I was like, maybe I should like, you know, try the acting thing, but you know, I'm a terrible actor. Uh, I'm the only thing I'm good at acting is like an asshole sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, so I was like, yeah, screw it. I'm gonna try to pursue it. Right. And like, I got in connection with a couple of veteran media companies. So it was like, uh, VME, Veterans and Media and Entertainment, they're pretty much uh, a company that kind of links um, veterans to, you know, screenplays. If you want to be an actor, uh, if you want to like be a writer, they basically will put you in contact with like jobs or workshops that make you, you know, master your craft, if you will. And they sent out an email uh, saying, looking for quote unquote door kicker types. And I was like, yo, yeah, I was like, that sounds like me, man. Like, that's what I did in the military. So I completely like went for that, sent him an email and I was like, yo, like, let's do it. And uh, yeah, it turned out to be Gameology. I got it. And uh, that's where I met Israel Wright, uh, my business partner who I do Gameology with and Shift Fire and the Pop Culture Field Manual podcast. Uh, I met him day one there. And then it kind of just, you know, snowball effect and uh, just kept getting opportunities. And, you know, I learned at a very young age to like, never say no to like when a door opens up. Cause like, you know, you go, you walk through it and if it doesn't work out, you just fucking back up and try the next one, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I got to this, you know, into the quote unquote content creation space. And then gameology, we ended up doing really well. And like, we got a pretty, you know, uh, pretty loyal following from that and the production company that owned Gameology because Gameology is like one of many little subsidiaries of this main company called Jelly Smack and uh yeah they uh they're like yo you guys have like a great following we want to offer you your own YouTube channel and you know me and Izzy were like this is fucking weird dude like yeah. <laughs> I was just working security like a couple months ago. <laughs> and uh yeah, so we said fuck it, let's try it out. And uh yeah, now we they put us out shift uh shift fire and uh we before shift fire though we started the podcast just to have something of our own. Uh just cuz we partner with this company to make that stuff happen so it's not 100% ours. But uh yeah man, we got, you know, a, a 3-year contract on it, so we got 2 years left for shift fire before we, you know, either move on to something else or re up and uh you know make them uh make the budget way bigger so we can do way cooler stuff man that's awesome i'm, I'm super happy for you and thanks dude yeah it's it's been a crazy journey and like i'm super young like i'm so young and all this shit's happening and i just don't know what you know i'm gonna get myself into next so but i'll probably say yes to it as long as it's not like training point or something but <clears throat> Yeah. Um, so cool. what exactly did you do for Gameology initially when you answered that, you know, you applied to work for Gameology and they brought you and you said Israel on? What did you guys do initially? What, were, what was the expected, you know, job that they brought you they, in for specifically? OK, great question. They sent us an email saying you're going to be looking at a TV with video game gameplay. And that's all they told us. Like there was no really preparing. Like, you know, I could read some TMs or uh you know <laughs> my old ranger school handbook or like my private packet that they gave me at 275 but uh no it was like they we literally went there they had a big old tv and like a background for whatever setup they had and they were just like okay we're gonna show you this video game and they're like just give us general thoughts like would have you done that before would you do that have you seen that gun before like what do you think of the equipment they're using is it realistic whatnot just like anything and uh, yeah, it was super easy because like I just got fresh out and, you know, I was a fire team leader in regiment. My job is just to chew people up like this is what I do. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was an easy transition. Um, so, yeah, that's that's literally what they wanted us to do. And it, it, and it, it ended up being good, I guess, because we, you know, a couple of those videos are like past like four million views in a year or something. Yeah. Yep. It's nuts. It's not like I had, I had no expectations. I thought it was going to be a one and done thing, but then they kept asking us to come back and come back. And I was like, 
I got to finish school. <laughs> uh what was the what was the first game that they had you look at like was it like ghost recon or call of duty no uh i believe it was insurgency sandstorm okay that was the first game and it was it was cool because like we've come full circle with gameology now and now you know we've been doing a new segment called like experts play and they actually have us play the games now so instead of just like acting you know no not even acting instead of just like watching the players i have to play it myself and i'm a terrible gamer so like <laughs> you know i've said it multiple times on experts play where it's like i know how to clear a room okay <laughs> i know exactly what i want to do it's just instead of translating it from here you know with my feet to like translating it to this that's the that's the most difficult thing um but yeah no it's uh yeah insurgency sandstorm was og first uh, game they made us watch yeah uh, during the during the pandemic, I've had a very short stint as a uh, I started a Twitch channel game. You like you, I, tried, I tried it one time, and I got dogged on because I was such trash at Call oh. of Duty. <laughs> I got yeah. trash. Yeah, I was I, like, "Well, this isn't for me, dude." I've I've been asked to stream just because Israel, my uh, the other guy I do gameology with, he is a big streamer. Like he does Twitch three times a uh like three times a week and like he has an entire community and whatnot and like i've gone on his stream a couple times and like they they always ask me to start a stream but like i see how much work actually goes into it um and it is it, it's not for me <laughs> it's not it's not for the tech uh, technologically handicapped as i like to say but because you need to know all the systems and the mics and like the audios and the input. I mean, it would be super fun to just like sit there and get dogged on for playing video games. I mean, I do it for a living right now. Like said, instead of playing though, I just watch them. So that saves a step, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. Twitch streaming, you know, super big. It looks like it though it's transitioning to like YouTube streaming. Cause Twitch, I guess has like some new policies that not a lot of people agree with as far as they're like main streamers i don't know that's it that's an easy question but uh yeah twitch is where it's at man yeah i did that for a little bit but uh it, i like to play video games to like kind of relax and chill out so when i was putting all this work into streaming and setting up and it was kind of feeling like a job i just like wasn't that interested <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah no i'm the same way i used to be a huge world of warcraft nerd to be honest growing up and like that that, that is was, a job, to be honest. That is a job. That was a job. Yeah. I even played a little bit when I was in regiment because like I was I was so young that I couldn't go out to the bars with the guys until I was like a gun team leader. So uh yeah, I'll just sit Isn't in my that room. Crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would just sit in my room and like drink some Jameson that my totally, you know, alcoholic roommate would buy me. And then I'll just sit there and play wow. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I'm not a big gamer now. It's uh I probably should be just because I need to like play these games that I watch. But most of the time it's just like, I don't. Uh, and I just like be like, oh, that, you know, that piece of equipment uh, should be like there. Or be like, yeah, when he fast rope in, he wasn't wearing gloves. His head, his hands would be fucking fried right now. <laughs> like, like just stuff like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's still a good time, man. I probably should. I probably should pick up the sticks again. Well, you talked about something, a couple things that were interesting. Um, but one of them, you were talking about the equipment and setup and things. And, uh, and I know you have to do that currently for the videos that you shoot with, uh, you know, we we're talking about how much video, how much work goes into creating content. Oh, it's, man. it's a nightmare and horror show and just for the videos that I've created. And the reason I just want to clarify the reason anything looks good is because of Jay over here. Okay. I'm not you <laughs> tech need a magic. You need a magic man in your pocket, dude. Yeah, you do. It's so much, it's so much work to set up the camera, set up the, the atmosphere, the angles, make sure that you know, everything looks good. You get the right recording with the good sound and things. And then you got to edit it and all this work that goes into uploading. And, and it, it's a lot of work. I appreciate content creation a lot more yeah. now that I've been through a little bit of it, you know, it, and you guys are putting out stuff on a, on a high level. So it's like, it, it's a hundred percent true, man. Like the same thing. I have such an appreciation for good content creation. Like uh, my initial thought when I like went to gameology was I'm going to go there there's going to be like a slightly overweight guy with an iPhone and he's just going to like, you know, kind of record me while I play these games. But I showed up and they had this a giant studio, green screen, like elaborate background. They had multiple monitors with like an actual like 
bunch of MacBooks laying around with like a three camera setup to like dial in on everyone to get the wide and then two individuals on me and Izzy. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, but I mean, that's totally why I'm like kind of thankful that we got approached by uh, Jelly Smack, the company that owns Gameology to start Shift Fire. Um, just because that's, you know, there's pros and cons to the relationship, but definitely part of the pro is that they handle all the crazy editing, you know, capturing logistically. They provide a producer. Like when we go now, it's, it kind of blows people's minds. Like, for example, we just did a, a survival episode where we went out and like learned how to make fire from like friction fires and like build shelters out of nothing and like make snares for like small game out of like just some paracord and some sticks and twigs and shit. And uh, which honestly, I'm super excited for them to come out because they were my idea. I love doing this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we showed up and like we have like an eight man crew that we like roll out with. So like we'll have an audio guy that like has the boom mic. And we have a producer. We have a PA. We have like three camera guys. And it's and then Izzy and I. And it's yeah, we like we roll deep. And like the guy was like, Jesus Christ, I didn't expect you guys to come with this. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sorry. What do you want for your, you know, for your breakfast order? Our PA will go pick it up for you. <laughs> it's, nice. it's, it's absolutely bonkers, man. It's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm so thankful for it though. Um, because you know, I'm having a great time and it's like, I'm being, you know, my job is now to literally be myself right. and just have as much fun as I can and like be as creative as I can because I'm definitely uh, a creative like what is it is it left brain or right brain that's creative left i want to say left yeah <laughs> okay i'm gonna say it's left too someone in the comment section correct me if you're some psychology major nerd um but yeah so like you have the analytical side that's like super you know data driven then you have the creative side but i'm more creative um ever since i was a kid like i played uh i played or attempted to play seven instruments growing up like through my uh, childhood i think it was like saxophone violin like piano drums guitar keyboard or keyboard and piano same thing uh but like fucking crazy just a, a bunch of different instruments and my dad's uh he's a musician he was like a, a, a guitar player for like a crazy german band back in the day and he like opened for uh salt and pepper and like naughty by nature and shit oh, that's awesome yeah oh yeah no it's my dad's super cool and then uh and then my mom's like she was in the fashion industry and uh thank you it's the right side there we go you we know, had 50 50 chance 50, 50, we <laughs> fucked it up whatever it's a coin flip so yeah right-sided but uh man it's like my mom was like a fashion designer and then she got you know now she owns her own art boutique in uh, calabasas and it's just like dude um like I, I come from a very creative thing i mean before i joined the army i danced professionally <laughs> wow yeah like well, I, was a, I i have follow-up questions um, yes. When no. you say you danced professionally, I need more info. Yeah, it may, honestly it made me a riot in the teams. Um, like fucking uh, when I uh, when I was in RASP, they like found out, <laughs> and they made. I remember at the when we were doing range week, they like were smoking the shit out of us, and then they just like pulled me out of the crowd, and all the cadre were like, "Heard you're uh, quite the dancer." so prove it and they like made me dance like right there in the middle of the range but you know every single time that they would do stuff like this it would backfire because i was actually good so like and they would be like oh my god this guy's actually really good at dancing uh but uh no when i you know in high school middle school i my mom wanted me and my sister to do something in common and uh so she in so she enrolled my sister in like hip-hop and then she put me in break dancing and like i actually like took a took a keen you know liking to it and then uh basically just kept doing it and then you know throughout high school we found like a professional studio that danced competitively in like national competitions and was like high really high ranked and like got good enough to join that team and then just did it and like joined a co-ed team uh like this place would go and like so you think you can dance and like america's i was on america's got talent at a very young age and like, uh, it was just like stuff like that, but like, I actually was pretty good at dancing, but I always had aspirations of joining the military. So I didn't actually do anything with it. It was just something to keep me in shape pretty much. All right. We just need to back up for a second. I think when you said that this all started when you went, you know, your team leader said, oh, you should apply for this movie. 
I think maybe it actually started when you were a professional dancer and you were on hey. America's Got Talent. I, I feel like it went back farther than that. Pretty significant. Yeah, yeah no, nah, man. It was like, nah, I mean, that was just stuff that, like, you know, I've always been creative, and that's like, I mean, that's why I totally started Kick God um, because, like, I, it doesn't make me jack shit for money because, but it's such a creative outlet, and I get to like, you know, put my own pretty much put my own mind on something physical and like rep it. So that was super cool. So kick God's more of a creative outlet than anything. Um, but it's, I mean, that's like the biggest thing for me is just being able to be creative. That's the most important thing. If I'm going to do something, you know, I, I can't see myself like working a job that doesn't allow me to like, you know, come up with ideas or formulate something or create something. Um, so like, yeah, not an office guy. Not not an office guy for sure. Yeah, no, that's a, that's incredible, and you know I, I can relate to some of that. I, I talked about um, kind of how I got started. Uh, you started on an impulse, right? With Kit God, you were just like one day, like I need to make this. I was so picky, man. I was I was going clothing shopping, and I was like, I am so picky. Like I wouldn't wear any of this. I'm going to the mall. Like it's so frustrating. I'm just like I'm gonna create my own shit because I know what I would wear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's literally it. And yeah. then, yeah, just, uh, you know, draining my bank account as initial investment and just made it happen. Yeah, that's awesome. What I can't relate to is dancing, though. Uh, okay. I'll dance, but it's a nightmare and horror show. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's okay, man. Dude, every, you need to learn how to dance. I think, like, that's, it, it's so, it's such a useful skill. Not to mention, like, chicks dig it. And the one thing, it was like, when I was in regiment, they were like, oh, you're a fucking dancer. Yeah, you must have been, you know, be like, you're you're fucking gay. Like that's what they would very much say. And then I would be like, do you not realize that I was literally just surrounded by smoking hot chicks every single day wearing spandex. And that's about it. Like that's it, man. Like it was the least gay thing I've ever done in my life. And dancing, <laughs> dancing is a good skill to have. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's why my fiance married my ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, man, no dancing. I definitely uh, give it a lot. It, it deserves a lot of credit because I wouldn't have been in the shape. I, you know, I left for basic training if I wasn't able to like, you know, dance at a very high, like very high intensity uh, during competition and stuff. It's, it's almost like doing sprints. Yeah. That's uh, it. it's, a, it's a lot of work. And what, what kind of dancing do you do? Is it like hip hop dancing break or is dance. it, do you specialize in? Yeah, it was like everything. Oh, break dancing. Like, so it was a mix between like hip hop, uh, power moves, so like break dancing and then tumbling. So like if you needed me to like, you know, do a runoff backflip off some dude's chest who was standing there, it was just like, okay, we got to practice it a couple times. Like the crew I was on was like very into like, like aerialism. They like tumbling, just a lot of flips and like power moves. Like they wanted like all the guys to do like round off backflips, like at the beginning of the number, like over chicks and stuff. And I was like, God damn it. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was like, obviously required some strength plus a lot of the lifts. Like I was on a co-ed team for a little bit and like we, we did a swing number one time, which I absolutely hated uh, because I was like, I, was, I wanted, I wanted to be a hip hop dancer, but they put, we did like a foot loose number and it was like all that old, like, you know, this shit. But the power moves, like I had to like take chicks and like throw them over my back and like catch them on the other side and like throw them up in the air. And it was like, you need a baseline of body, like upper body strength to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, if you look at like professional dude dan dancers, they're fucking yoked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're There's a lot of things that culturally like dudes will say, oh, I'm not going to do that, you know, uh, but for example, like in jujitsu, there, there was a coach that was a gymnast before, you know, that's to, to a lot of dudes. That's not the masculine thing to do. Yeah. So functionally strong. That guy is so sure. functionally strong. I'm sure his core I, is just nuts. Yep. Yeah. Dancing, dancing, same thing. Uh, I was cracking up one time I was at a fitness expo and we tried a bunch of things. I went to a Pilates class and, uh, and I was cracking up at how, how much of the lifters, like the big, strong lifters that went in there to try it were smoked by this Pilates class. Oh, dude. Yeah. I like my first time trying uh, Bikram yoga. So like the hot, sweaty yoga. Yeah. Oh, dead. You know, I thought it was going to be like, you know, like this is for fucking pussies, man. I'm a goddamn <laughs> airborne ranger. And they're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> like, dude, okay, grab the, uh, you know, grab your weights and shit. And I'm like, oh, these weights only go up to like 10 pounds. What, what kind of like scam is this? So I like obviously grab the 10s. 
And then just, they're like, okay, you're going to put the weights in the air and then you're going to bring them down to the floor, you know, downward dog into a push. And I'm like, oh, you mean fucking burpees? Let's do it. So I started just knocking these burpees out. Heat catted immediately. Dude, just down. I had to leave the I had to leave the place and I was like throwing up in the bathroom. And some dude, uh, <laughs> some dude was like, Are you good, man? And I was just like, I'm fine. But yeah, no, it's 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 so different. You you had no idea. If you think you like go to the gym and lift weights, you can pretty much do anything. You're fucking wrong, dude. Yeah. No, that's why <laughs> I like to go forms, to the gym yeah. and lift weights so I don't do the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm like totally split now. It's just like, you know, I mean, obviously you guys train a lot and it's like, okay, I switch up my training. It almost seems like weekly. Like, cause I'm like, okay, so many things are like happening. Like, okay, well, shit fire. Like we have to do a PT test and it's like, okay, well, it looks like I'm giving up fucking lifting for a little bit so I can work on calisthenics. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, well, you need to do this for another job. And it's just like, okay, well now I need to be super fast. And it's like, okay, well, I'm, you want me to do a 30 K rough March with the, or a 50 K rough March coming up. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. Got to start rucking. And then I'm like, okay, that's my biggest challenge is just like finding a program that is so dynamic because everybody wants to like you know just be yoked all the time and that would be great i would love to just be a fucking walking meatball and be able to run a five mile in 32 minutes and put up 315 on bench but i know for my body type it's not going to happen um but i have this like training philosophy i guess and it's like i always say i want to be the strongest uh i want to be the strongest runner in the room and the fastest lifter in the room so I picked that up from one dude in snot at 275. And I was like, dude, that's, those are wise words to live by, brother. They they are, though. That's a, that's a good yeah. way to do it. Because, like, sometimes you'll see those guys, especially in regiment, those guys that are, like, marathon runners, slap oh, yeah. a ruck on their back or put 225 Probably. on the bar, and they're done. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got those dudes that can ruck 48 miles, no problem. But you have them run a five-mile. They're pulling yeah. in at 39.58. Yeah. yeah. They just yeah, blade running. So, <laughs> you know, it's... I have a great appreciation. I think the military, like, just shape is ideal for everything. And it's so, like, well-rounded, um, you know. But, yeah, I, I would love to be a meatball, dude. Don't get me wrong. I would love to just be fucking yoked and look like sebum and, like, you know, just get a bunch of pre-workout endorsements and live off fucking bang for the rest of my life. That would be sick. Um, but, no, I need to be able to run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could put a whole science to it, you know, the, and that's something we talk about actually a lot is, you know, how training, how, how it's it's a science. It really is like you can get real, you can break it down a lot. And like you said, linear weightlifting is not going to translate to all sorts of different fitness. You have to train a specific way. So that's why yeah. we enjoy doing what we do because we get to provide some of that information to these guys coming in and uh be a credible source doing it you know because there's a oh lot no of doing it's it. it's definitely i mean my favorite thing because I, I i mentioned this earlier but the folks i i bought your guys's uh bulking nutrient uh program so like getting 3k cows in and what yeah. that looks like you know the way you broke it down you like even explain what like a calorie was and i was like hey <laughs> i fucking know what a calorie is okay <laughs> but it's it's such like you know it's such an overlooked thing because you have to realize you're making it for like the lowest level yeah. um but like you you guys went so in depth and not to mention your sources were there so like academic academically i was like you can totally trust this if you you know if you don't believe this just look up this there's your source right. um and then i liked I liked how you guys really like broke it down just in fact as the meals, like calories and macros and whatnot. Cause you know, I was like, I told you earlier, I'm such in a private mindset where I need to like, you need to tell when it comes to working out, you need to tell me to, you know, uh, to brush my fucking teeth or you need to, you know, tell me when to wake up. I need to be told what lift to do, how many repetitions. I'm just not a creative guy. Like there's so, well, that totally just doesn't make sense. Cause I spent the first <laughs> saying this podcast saying i'm like the most creative person ever we, we get you right categories yeah. i yeah. don't like when no, it comes to working out like i don't want to be creative i like being told to do stuff you know there's some of those freaks in nature's like my medic that i was deployed with he would just come up with he had an entire notebook that he would just sit there and like just come up with workouts and they would be bruisers man um and they would be creative too it wouldn't be like you know just squat till you can't walk it would be like he put rubber bands on one of those squat racks uh, where the um, 
kind of like where you can put resisted uh, deadlifts and he put them there and like he just you would stand in the middle of it put a 45 pound plate on our back and just do butt kickers for 15 minutes like and oh my god like I wouldn't be able to walk afterwards like with the low resistance and under tension like my butt hurt <laughs> like it was miserable and like he can come up with stuff like that and me no way Jose I, I need to read a book or something. Someone tell me like how far I need to run and how fast. Yeah. No, here. And what's funny is uh, actually I print off my programs. Sometimes I'll go run them. Like it's nice just to have structure on a list, but that's enough about us, dude. I, I want to talk uh, more about you. So uh, don't want to turn this into like TLR. Oh uh, man, no, I totally thought I was it. talking about myself this entire freaking time. <laughs> we appreciate it, by the way. We appreciate you running the program and all the support. Uh, oh, yeah, no it's super awesome. Yeah, support uh, the homies, dog. That's literally it. We, we, love, we love ranger businesses. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Anytime I see, you know, a ranger out there, you know, trying to start something or, you know, out there killing it, I want to go. It's motivated. Yeah. It's totally motivated. Yeah. It's, it's great to see. So uh, we've had a bunch of traffic coming in, so I'm going to start going through and looking at some of these questions these guys have for us. Okay. Send uh, it, dude. I have a question that's sort of related to some of the questions that we're getting on my sure. end. Um, oh, good. I was curious if you could uh, give a little bit of a breakdown about how your uh, RASP was run. Because I did RASP twice, and both were yes. very different, and you did it in a little bit later still. So yeah. I'm actually curious if you could if you could touch on like if there was a phase one, phase two, when your critical there events were. There was a were... phase one, phase two for okay. mine. I mean, you know, just like Ranger School, I fucking blacked it out. Uh, but no, I'm trying my best to remember. <laughs> I feel you there. Yeah, dude. It's like, hey, do you remember that one hey. guy from Ranger School that you went with? He was bald. You know, that guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that like, guy. dude, yeah. every... <laughs> it's fucking everyone was just a blank face. Let oh, me ask no, you this. Yeah. First time through or did you did you recycle? Oh, dude, I'm a real ranger. I recycled, man. Oh, good. I hear you. Yeah. No, I recycled Darby, but then I went straight through after after my recycle. So I got I got lucky. I like to tell people uh, this is really traumatizing at the time, but I did Florida three times. So I had. Oh my god! Bless your heart. Yeah, that was a rough one because essentially, like those guys are going off to go get their tab, and then you're like, nah, but you're redoing it. You know, you had done the whole three times. Uh, special case, dude. You know, special um, case. Special I just case. wanted the extra practice. Oh, I'm sure, know. man. You, yeah, you're more <laughs> ranger than I. I, I blade ran through the entire thought. Like once I recycled, I got through Darby. But every single, I was a like last day, second look go. Yeah. Like I like was skimming by on the skin of my teeth, dude. So. Uh, but Jay, what was your question again? I'm sorry. Uh, you're good. I just wanted to, if you could break down uh, a little bit oh, of RASP. like how RASP yeah. was kind of run for you. Yeah. So uh, I was in pre-RASP uh, for two months and I was just waiting for classes up. But then went we, we had phase one, phase two. So like phase one was the first three weeks, I believe. And then phase two began after the airborne jump, if I remember correctly. So after week three. Cause we did like week one, which was just, you know, the doughboy, and then, you know, swim. And I, I think it was like a P, first PT test or something. And then, uh, and then basically just week one was a smoker. And then week two went in the cold range, I'm pretty sure. And then that was the entire week two. And then week three was like the airborne jump. And then just kind of, I don't really remember what happened in that week. It was just like, <laughs> oh, maybe some classes. I remember like them going over weapon systems and stuff. Like we did like a round robin with like all the guns that regiment uses. And then that was just like a, like learning. And then uh, week four started phase two where we, that's when we would do range week. And then we did breaching. And then we did, oh man, that's all I really remember. I, I know range Probably week. driving. Breaching. We didn't do driving. No driving. No driving. We had a week of that. Yeah, no, we didn't do any driving in RASP. I think we're Man. like, yeah, like, I don't know. I think we were an experimental class or something. They they got rid of driving for us. And, like, we didn't do anything at nighttime. Like, did you guys have to do night driving in RASP? Yeah, it was, yeah we did night driving. It was pretty we awesome, honestly. Shooting. 
Well, yeah. yeah, no, we didn't do any driving at all. It was like, I, I think they were like, these guys are going to go drive and regiment. Like they know how to drive, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't do it. Uh, all I remember is range week and then totally, and then, you know, uh, breaching and then boom, that was it. And they're like, okay, here's your tambourine. And yeah. we're like, sick, man, we made it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's what we tell these guys as a rasp is kind of like, we can tell you what we had, but it's a, it's an ever changing thing. You know, oh, yeah. nowadays, what they want you know, it's funny because like all the guys, everybody that asked me for advice for rasp. And I was just like, you realize everybody I was privates with is rasp cadre right now. Yeah. And like, I, I totally hit up my buddies. And I mean, I asked them like how the dynamic is different just because, you know, I want to be able to provide these questions to these guys' answers as well as like how to prepare, um, which is, which in my opinion, side note, is such a nice thing, you know, to be able to hop on my phone and just like hit someone up and be like, hey, how's Rasp? Like when we went through, that was not the case. No, no, no. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. There was no information. We didn't know what we were getting into. I didn't even know what an Airborne Ranger was. I just knew yeah. it was in Modern Warfare 2 and it sounded like a cool job. Yeah. And like, uh, I remember when I was in basic training, the only like information I could have got on RASP w- uh, was a book that was just lying around in my unit, uh, in my like platoon area. And it was called Violence of Action. It was written. You ever heard of that book? Yeah. Yeah. It was Violence of Action. And they have one chapter on RASP. And it was literally like, all right, RASP was hard. The end, chapter two. And it was like, <laughs> It's not tell me anything i need to know um but uh yeah no it was it was you know i want to be able to give these uh qu- or answer these questions for when people come in and ask they're like how do i prepare for rasp um and i, I hit up my buddy who's there right now as like i think i have one, the guy i was gun team leaders with um on deployment he's phase two marksmanship cadre my first team leader was phase two cadre and then i have I had a buddy that just went over to 175. He was phase one cadre. Uh, one of the guys I went to RASP with was phase one cadre. And I was like, dude, what are you guys running differently right now? Because um, obviously you have like uh, integration of females in RASP now. And uh, the new army ACFT, like ACFT, like how do you integrate that in? Because I mean, yeah. like the old AP, the old uh, what AP, APFT, you you know that was super easy to do push-ups sit-ups whatnot you didn't need logistic support but like the acft is like okay well i don't know how regiment gauges these standards like is it still 80 percent in every single category of the acft instead of just being in push-ups sit-ups you know six pull-ups and just pass a five mile run um so those are those are the questions i can't answer because we didn't have to do that um but i'm actually really curious to see like how those changes really affected RASP as a whole. Because, I mean, it affected the entire military. I mean, it affected, it affected the entire army because now, you know, you can't just be the skinny guy that, you know, can crush push-ups and sit-ups in the run. But, you know, you put on 135 on the bar and he can't squat it, like, more than once. It's like, the, away is the day that, like, that is labeled peak performance. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I was 135 or something when I joined, I could not have deadlifted no. 325 pounds or 345 pounds, three oh, times. Dude, the same I was life. emotionally, I was emotionally scarred because I joined the same, you know, I'm five, seven, I'm a short fucking dude, but that's cool. Cause Hey, it's way fat. You can get in the prone way faster and we're closer to hell, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but literally like when I went through airborne school, I didn't lift, I didn't touch a weight until I was in RASP and I had a buddy, Massantono. He's like, we're going to go deadlift. And I thought like, a you know, deadlifting 185 was like awesome, you know? And uh, I was in airborne school and I was being JMPI'd and the guy was like checking my canopy. So, you know, when you, you bend over and he's like, arch your back. And uh, so I arched my back and he's like, arch your back. I didn't know what he like meant or what I mean to do. <laughs> and he's like, arch your back like you're doing a row. And he was, and then I was just like, looked at him like, you know, crazy. And he's like, do you not know what a row is? And I was like, no. And he's like, dude, you don't even fucking lift. And like, I, that is scarred in my head. Flame so, during your JMPI. <laughs> yeah, dude, literally, that'll be with me to the day I fucking die. Like, uh, but yeah, dude, it's a, uh, you, you need to be strong now. And I, I think it's such a big improvement. It's, a, I tell people it's the greatest thing that's happened to the army since Black PT sucks. 
It's like it changed. I can agree with that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It it totally changed lives, but obviously, it also changed the entire dynamic of how you train. You know, you can't just do. You can't just run every day. You need to do. You know, hex bar deadlifts. You need the ruck. You need to be able to do like some kettlebell carries. You need a foundation of core strength. Um, but yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on the ACFD? You know, we, we've weighed in on that a couple times. It's good to see the Army going to a more well-rounded test. Now, I think, you know, there's always ways to optimize it. Like, you could probably break it up a little differently. But overall, I get what they're trying to do, well-rounded fitness. And yeah. it's definitely better than, you know, a better well-rounded test than, like you said, push-up sit-ups. Yeah. Which sit-ups isn't really a good test of abdominal strength anyway you know it's, yeah it, the um, descriptions i feel like they put so much effort into doing the descriptions of these you know push-ups and sit-ups and they're like this is to measure your you know your chest endurance and it's, it's like it's yeah. not true man like yeah. the pt test is not an actual measure of physical fitness in my opinion it's a measure of how much you can get away with because yep. like we would all i mean we're all guilty of it it's just like pt test is not about like how many perfect form push-ups can you do full extension? It's like, okay, well, if I bounce off my tummy, like I can use that to, you know, or with sit-ups, you know, I can clap my stuff. It's all about like momentum and gauging yep. it. And how can I do more repetitions with less, uh, you know, with less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, without getting tired, you know, I want to be able right. to do more with less. And that's right. exactly what the PT test is. It's not an actual measure of fitness until you get to the run. Cause there's no way to cheat that. Um, but I literally put out a PT test improvement video where I added some tips for that, you know, the two minute push up sit-ups. And I, I said, yeah. I said, you know, here's how you should train, but here's how you get more reps, you yeah. know, and it there is, is such a big difference. Throw yourself back, bounce off the ground. That way yeah, you're bounce off the ground and just fucking, activity. yeah. Yeah. Worry about the concussion later. Like, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, failed, later. I failed sit-ups my first time in basic because I was doing sit-ups like sit-up yeah. sit-ups. And then I learned, I went from, failing to doing like 80 plus when i figured yeah. out like the system to do them oh totally like i think the most push-ups i ever did was uh, i remember i was a pt test in korea i did 103 in two minutes and it, i literally just figured it out i was like i basically you build thoracic pressure like you're doing a squat like you're pushing against a belt and i literally would just drop to the ground and bounce off my stomach and chest and just go and I could literally yeah. continue to do that forever. Yeah. And like, I did not feel it. And I could do, I think, yeah, I was doing like 71 and 48 seconds. Yeah. When, when I was like in regiment, they would ask me why my stomach, like the shirt, my shirt was wet at my stomach instead of my chest. Sometimes I was like, don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> yeah, don't fucking worry about it. I mean, I sweat, sweat, it's gravity, dude. <laughs> but, uh, that brought up a good point um let's see well i just had a thought but you can ask me a question man i totally like had a squirrel moment i looked at my nalgene and i got this dope ass sticker from tackle distributors it's nice. like a dude watching a playboy magazine i was like that sounds cool <laughs> nice by the way i do want to address this for you guys on instagram i appreciate you guys sticking through uh the echo that i got uh apologize for it um sometimes my phone does this the only way to fix it is to exit which we're not going to do and come back in so I don't want to disrupt this stream. So I appreciate you guys sticking through. And and we have this recording on YouTube as well. So we're live on YouTube, the Train Like a Ranger YouTube. And I control the YouTube, so, so the sound is good. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, uh, so you know who to complain to if it sounds like shit. Yeah, exactly. So you guys can go back and listen to this podcast uh, on YouTube and Spotify as well with uh, better sound quality. But I appreciate you guys tuning in on the Instagram side. Um. Let's see. Man, you were rolling and then you just trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking for the next thing. You got the questions, man. Keep them coming. They're good. Ellis um, uh, Cantilla asks, uh, what age did Cameron join the military? Very young. When I sprouted pubes for the first time. <laughs> I actually used my pubes as a pen to sign my enlistment documents. No. You said you were a junior in high school, right? Yeah, no, I right when I turned 17, which I I'm a I'm an October baby. So like junior year, I turned 17, went, you know, I and I even before that, I was, you know, in contact with the recruiter. 
Um, so I, yeah, the second I turned 17, I went and like depth in, if you will. And then was like in the future soldier quote unquote program for yep. like a year and a half, two years before I even shipped. Um, actually like two of my good friends at the time, uh, we all joined together and like, I was the first one to ship off. So literally when I turned 18, um, in my senior year and then graduated high school and yeah, literally a week after graduation, I shipped off to, uh, OSIP. Wow. Yeah. So I was super young. I mean, I'm still young. I'm 26 now, man. <laughs> I feel like, and I feel like that was a century ago. We almost. got a similar, almost. similar story. Cause I was almost 17. a century. I, almost yeah. century. <laughs> crazy. I did the, the delayed entry as well. So I was 17. Yeah. I enlisted and I, we were just talking about how crazy it is. Like you go through all that stuff so early. So yeah, uh, you're exposed to it, man. Like we were talking before this, like I was, you know, a gun team leader in charge of full grown men. Like in a combat zone when I was 21, 22 years old. Was it 21, 22? Yep. Before I could even legally drink, like I was given so much responsibility and like just, we hear this phrase a lot, but walking amongst giants, you know? Because yeah. I mean, I, I came in towards the ass end of the GWAT. Like, I'll be honest, like my deployment was cool, but like if you're expecting me to tell you about like how many dudes I shot in the face and stuff, it's probably not going to happen because Syria for me was, uh, was so different like it was not what you guys probably were used to like if you did a bath deployment or you went to sco or something and you're just main task force waiting to get spun up syria was like we didn't we just sat there and just assisted in the ccp which for those viewers that don't know is the casualty collection point and like we just shot 120 millimeter mortars like hundreds of times every day uh like there was no direct action rating uh but uh so i kind of I, I consider myself missing the peak of the GWAT because all I wanted to do was go to Bath. Uh, and because, you know, Rangers own Afghanistan. Um, so actually when I became finally became a fire team leader after that deployment, because, you know, I didn't fuck up or anything. So they were like, okay, here you go. Take a team. And uh, so I took a team and then we were supposed to, we got told we're going to Bath, you know? And I was like, oh, fucking sick, man. Finally get to do the job I want to. As a fire team leader, I couldn't have asked for anything better. And, uh, yeah, but then two months before we left in the training cycle, they gave it to ACO. Um, and I was like, okay, well, my ETS is up. Maybe it's time to pursue some personal development. So I got just joined the guard to, uh, to pretty much make it an easy transition in case I ever wanted to go back in. Uh, but I mean, now it's kind of not happening cause I got a nose piercing and, you know, yeah. <laughs> so that was it. Yeah, that was it, man. It's like, I'm not losing the nose piercing anytime soon. So yeah it's gonna be hard to get back in which actually the national guard doesn't really give a shit about so that's cool well they, they just came out with new things where what is it the hand tattoos or what, yeah they was you can it? get hand was tats it, and like a was it face tat tats is, is it, it face tats? no it's not i, I it get two, two three years before they start let, letting the face tats well they, their numbers are so down right now they're starting yeah. they do this all the time the numbers go down and they ease the standards and then yeah. that's yeah it's nuts i mean you you don't want your numbers to go down take care of your guys like that's like yeah. really that's it's it's a very simple concept and i think regiment started getting it right um towards the end because like when did you guys get out uh 2016 for me 2016 uh yeah i, I got out of the army in 2017 but i was okay. out of regiment like 2015 yeah so when i like showed up and then towards the end like in 2018 like we, we had personal trainers, we had PAs, like the CRTF and the gyms that they gave regiment were like state of the art. And like the they had every single piece of recovery equipment. They like had people telling you how to use it and stuff. They even started giving us dietitian advice and like, like it was nuts. Like I was like, this is awesome. I was like, yeah. obviously for the entire military force, like it's going to be hard to fit that in the budget. Um, but like, that's how it should be. Like I wanted to reenlist, like they offered me, I mean, I think, well, I'm acting like, you know, the army came to my door and was like, hey, we want you because I'm totally replaceable, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they were like giving $24,000, like, you know, tax-free deployment re-ups, but I wanted to fight in a war and the war was over for me anyways. Uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, one deployment for like three in three years for regiment. That's a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I read. Yeah. It's a very long time because I only got to deploy once. I mean, I showed up and uh, I missed my platoon because i went to i was in three bravo so third platoon bco and then 
three weeks after I showed up or before I showed up, they left for uh, either SCO or Bath. So they're in Afghanistan. So was a new guy for three months and they came back. Was a new guy, brand like brand spanking new again. Um, and then they're like, you guys are going to fucking Korea, man. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did a trip there as well. You did a trip? Yeah, yeah. we lost a lot of good guys on that trip. <laughs> you talking about you, man. alcohol? Soju's dangerous. Soju. We yeah. lost so many people on in Korea. We lost a... Oh, man, I love Korea, though. Oh, it was a blast. I had so much fun. I got in trouble. I almost got RFS in Korea, I'll be honest. <laughs> you guys have to go to Korea. I was in the 173rd, so my, like not deployment deployment was to latvia in the winter so yeah, dude, i had a rough latvia. time <laughs> oh man my my platoon sergeant right now in the guard he was at 173rd for a while and yeah that's he tells me all the stories so i get it bro i feel sorry for you i'm right here for you uh but yeah no korea took no prisoners we actually lost uh we lost the plnrxo wow. uh, because um they we, we were basically doing this train up for like this giant op that was like the biggest cross military operation in like history, I guess. Well, that's what they told me. Uh, but it was like right when North Korea was like fucking around with all those like nukes and shit. And they're like in like 2016. Um, yeah. So like we went there and uh, we did that mission and like they were like, no, we just finished like platoon live fires, squad live fires and went for like three weeks just like hitting it fucking hard. And then uh, right before the uh, right before the uh, the op, they were like, "Hey guys, no drinking, no drinking. <laughs> yeah. It's it's put out. It's put out by you know the general of all the Korean forces or U.S. forces in Korea." And everyone's just like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, guy, no drinking. We got it. All right, we'll be back at twelve. And right. like, yeah, no, and like I made it back somehow. And like, yeah, our a PL and one of our XOs like took out a bunch of Korean cops. Like they were wasted and just like, I guess it was like behemoth, like two guys on each arm because the guy was huge. He was like six, four, like just a behemoth of a man just throwing Korean cops everywhere. And he had to stay behind. I felt really bad for him um, because they put him in Korean jail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, we lost a lot of good guys on that trip. We we got, uh, yeah, we got stories like that. We, uh, we uh there's a lot to tell guys are always asking about these stories and i'm like oh, i don't know but yeah. there's definitely alcohol and rangers uh yeah it mix and they don't mix dude they don't mix at all but it, it's funny because every story you do have to tell is that combination yes yeah, so. oh for sure <laughs> yeah but after we got back from korea i uh you know my uh my platoon was deployed to iraq with cag and then uh of course perfect opportunity to send my ass to ranger school um so like i was a private for like two years um just because the way we, our platoon was doing it it was like senior guy goes and then if he fails they'll like recock him and then send him again so like you're wasting school slots on like all these fucking dudes and i was like i'm ready man I, I i went to five ranger school pt tests and i was they just wanted me to get a good workout i guess because like <laughs> i mean yeah it was stupid but uh yeah finally went so i missed when my platoon was in iraq uh, I was at ranger school and then I got back, they gave me a, a gun team and then finally got to deploy to yeah. Syria after being a regiment for like three years. And like, that was a good trip. It was really fun. Um, it, it, it is tough too. Cause you know, that happens to a lot of guys where they get sent yeah. to school and they miss out on things. Like I miss out. I, got, I ended up getting three deployments. I should have had four cause I missed yeah. one cause of ranger school. Obviously I had the extended Ooh. stay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no it, it, but it's it's kind of crazy because like you know uh when you tell a civilian like you deployed to korea yeah i didn't it was i call it an overseas rotation like a training rotation because like i don't count that unless you're i'm like <clears throat> unless i can get a cib like i'm not it's not a deployment kuwait is not a deployment i'm sorry i don't care who you are kuwait. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man i mean i would love to do that but like you were in at a, at a great time. Like the op tempo was still great. Like they were deploying every single battalion uh, rotationally. And like when I started deploying back in like 2015 through 18, it was like two are going. Like two companies are going. Plus like a Oh man, it was that small. It was by company. Like Oh no, oof. yeah. The, the battalion was, it was a competition between the companies by that uh, point. It wasn't just like battalion is deploying 
Like, here you guys go. One goes to scope, one goes to bath, one goes somewhere cool, one goes somewhere. Well, like, we'll find a spot for you, Deco. Like, no, it was like we have one bath spot and we have one like SCO spot, and like only two two companies are deploying right now. Who performed? Did they look at like performance throughout the the training? Through the training cycle. And that's how it got sent. That's Um, so interesting because I, you know, we get that question a lot of like what things are going to look like uh, these days. And I say, you know, I don't know how things evolved. I know that regardless, I am very confident that no matter what, be, Rangers yeah. stay busy. They do know. stay busy, man. And, you know, I, I can say that in full confidence because I hit up, I'm still in contact with a lot of my buddies that are in. And like my buddies now are like squad leaders, platoon sergeants. So I get the nitty gritty. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my buddy was like, hey, we are going places that I never thought I would ever be. And I'm like, okay, that's all you have to say, dude. Like, stay busy, you know, keep yeah. dropping the hammer. So, yeah, no, I get that question a lot, too. Everyone's like, well, I don't know if I want to join because, you know, I don't know if I'll be busy. And uh, I think it's a good career and individual development move to pursue that shit anyways. Because, um, I mean, you'll get great opportunities. You'll get great opportunities regardless of, you know, I'm sure back in the 90s after Mogadishu, when, like, all those salty rangers didn't deploy for, like, a decade. Um I mean, they got great, you know, qualifications. They got great experiences. They got such good individual development. I mean, I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't join a regiment. Oh, me uh, neither. Yeah, 100%. all my toxic traits and all, dude. I don't even know what I would be doing right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no idea. No, it definitely propelled propelled me for success. You know, I was a I was a goofball, you know, small town kid from I say small town. It was, but anyways, town kid from Texas, right? Yeah. Um, moderate town, I'd say. But, uh, you know, just didn't have a lot of life experiences. And like you said, got propelled into this environment. And I felt like I was really a kid doing some big, big boy stuff. And, yeah. and you know, I'm sure you can relate. You you were young when you, you said 21 by the time you uh, had your team. Yeah, so, it was nuts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in the same boat, you know, it's just like so fast. And, um, and it's uh, it, it really is a it's a crazy experience. It's crazy that you know dudes are so young doing that job it's yeah dude it's like Like, as i grow older and like you know i'm only and i say that as i'm 26 like (laughs) it's fucking it's crazy man uh but as i grow older it's like i look back and i was like i will never have any experiences like that again not unless like you know the world comes to an end and i'm totally just you know fighting people for you know scrap rat meat or something <laughs> with like my horde of ammo because i'm a crazy prepper now i guess um, in this scenario um yeah. but yeah I, I will never have any experiences like that you know that's why that's why like when young guys approach me and they're like oh i don't know if i want to do it uh because like i don't know if i'm going to be like going you know to afghanistan there is always going to be something that the regiment is up to and it's just like a we're not sealed so we don't write a fucking book about it uh but uh but no you will always be busy and you won't you'll get very good even like even an undeployed ranger i would put up against a deployed you know sorry jay a deployed 82nd boy and like uh and and say they can hold their medal with as far as just like ttps you know sops and you know just leadership potential it's 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 a leadership development move in my opinion i could vouch for that i mean i was in the 82nd and the 173rd and like your worst soldier in regiment is one of your best in almost any other unit in the military. It's not. It's, it's the training. Really a crazy is, concept. It's all. It's all. Not even close. In regiment. That's all people do is train. You know. Yeah. It's, it's like that is that is the whole job is to be proficient at your job. So it's like beating your head over and over and over. Um, we probably lack in other things like keeping up with uh, the standard the family the or being like or being. Yeah, super- or you- yeah, keeping up with the family or being super vulnerable and able able to talk about emotions and like yeah. you know just being like a good partner to your spouse or something like we might we might like slack on that shit. But yeah, hell, it took we some work for sure on the back end, man. <laughs> yeah, we were proficient. You want to see me do a mag fucking drill right now? It's crazy. Um, but no, it's good. I call it the uh, and you know like I was I was telling you guys before I call it the regiment uh, the regiment the curse of the regiment uh, because when you get out. And like people realize or, you know, like, for example, in school, uh, they were like, hey, what do you do? Like, where do you come from? Like, you talk about yourself and like, like I was in the military. And then when you tell someone that they're like, oh, what'd you do? Oh, you know, they start asking questions. I was like, oh, I was in, you know, I was in Ranger Regiment or whatever. If they knew what they meant, that's great. If they not, they asked about it, of course. And they're like, oh, what do they do? And it's just like once people find out what, you know, you're an airborne Ranger 
or any type of like uh, special operations veteran, you have such high expectations from people. People, I mean, you are literally a walking representation of it. Like you don't even know it right now. But yeah. yeah, like people look up to you and they're like, that guy's a ranger. He, you know, whatever he does, that's what rangers do. Yeah. Um, so like you have a lot, <clears throat> you have a lot of pressure on, I mean, you got a lot of weight on your shoulders. You have literally the regiment's weight on your shoulders, at least in my opinion. And yeah, like, always- it forces you to perform. It forces you to exceed the standard in whatever you do. Because even as a private, like when they tell you to clean the bathrooms, are you doing a shit job at cleaning the bathrooms because you don't want to do that job? No. You clean it like to where your team leader can eat an MRE off the floor because if you don't, you get the shit kicked out of you. Like it's you do everything over the top. And that's, you know, that's one of the great things that I learned definitely because I mean, I'm going to take that until my grave because unfortunately I can't like, you know, stop calling myself an airborne ranger. Well, I could, but I don't want to because I like being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's so interesting you said that because I've I've said that before, you know, even even years ago I was like it's a gift and a curse, you know, it's like it it set me up for all my success, but you always have that on your shoulders, you know, and I feel I still to this day, you know, I've been out for got out when I was twenty two, so what's that like seven years now? Yeah, I still feel I still carry that, like I'm a ranger, I'm expected to be the best at everything that I do. You know, yeah. and so it propels me for success, but I oh, put the pressure definitely. on myself, you know? Yes, yeah, no, totally. Um, but I, I, I think it's more positive than negative thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because, I mean, it's you're, even when you're, you know, the chips are down and you don't want to do something, you like, look, like we all have some like regiment shit hanging in our house. I don't know. The one thing about Rangers is we're whores for tabs and scrolls, like paraphernalia <laughs> and shit. Like I have this stuff all over my house. Uh, but like, you know, I walk up and I see my little tab and scroll sitting on my like doorstep and I'm like, okay, time to get to work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no getting away. There's no getting away from it. It's impossible. Yeah. All right. We are getting there on time. So, uh, Cameron, so before we go, I just, uh, do you have any, you know, if you could give these dudes that are are looking to get option 40s go into regiment or even special operations or SEALs or whatever, um, like one piece of advice or something like that, uh, what would you say to some of these dudes? Okay. Easy, man. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) Don't be an asshole. Wise words to live by. Um, No, if, if you're interested in that, you know, regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in politically, or internationally, right? If if you're looking to improve as an individual, if you're looking to learn what it truly means to be a leader, if you're looking to be a part of a team, if you're looking to improve yourself emotionally, physically, you name it, special operations is only gonna do you good. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a big proponent of you know joining the military as a whole. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things um, that you know you are gonna have with you for a long time uh but man you just gotta fucking talk to your buddies for that shit uh but uh no it's it's a perfect move man i mean the benefits outweigh the cons uh don't be an asshole be a team player um yeah man I, that's really all i can do or that's really all i can say because that's what it comes down to because i mean you're relying on the guy to the left and your right right it's not about the individual it's about the team so if uh, you know if you're not an a- if you're an asshole, you're not going to be wanted on that team. Uh, yeah. I can tell you right now because you will get peered. Yeah. That's all I got for you guys. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. Um, you know, taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on with us. It means a lot to us. And, yeah, I just got to uh, get a pedicure with my lady tonight. That's the only thing. I get. <laughs> hey, that sounds that sounds good, dude. Uh, yeah. I I wouldn't put anybody through touching my feet. They they are uh, scary, dude. But oh, dude, um, it's gay. <laughs> we do it different here in LA, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh no, they're super good for you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, appreciate you coming on. Sincerely, uh, means a lot to us. And you know, hopefully, we can get you on again sometime and and talk some more because um, you know, this is a lot man. of fun for us. Absolutely. This was not only, you know, it was, it was super fun for me, but, you know, I hope you guys on Instagram live and anybody listening to this either learned something or, uh, you know, had a good time with this conversation. Uh, Definitely would love to be back. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to have some crazy stories to tell on the next one because I got some cool things in the works that I can't talk about, but I'm super excited to when I get the chance. But yeah, 
Thanks again, Dan J. You guys were the man. Or are the men? You guys, is that even a thing? You're the man and you're the man. You guys are the man. Uh, Really looking forward to what you guys are putting out in the future. And uh, yeah, you guys are doing good things for for the future of all special operations. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. All, hey, all of Cameron's links and stuff are going to be in the description of the YouTube video. So if you guys want to check out his stuff, uh, his sure. apparel yeah. line, his podcast, all the whole thing's going to be down there. Yeah, just tell me how much you hate it. That's all I care about. <laughs> you know? Thousands of people could tell me that I'm doing a good job, but one person says, Cameron, your hairline's fucked and it's game over. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's all I got, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And, and you guys who tuned in, we appreciate you guys. Um, so be sure to go check out Cameron's links. Again, we'll have it down below. And uh, be sure to check out trainlikearanger.com where we have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, and as always, much more on the agenda. So uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. And remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Have a good weekend, guys. Take it easy. See you guys. <laughs>